live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. All right, hello and welcome to another installment. Jeffrey Wilson is certainly here with me today, as always, and we're excited to bring a special guest to you. This is a special treat. This really is for me. Rarely do we have somebody on the show with his level of knowledge and experience in a myriad of different different areas. This is a gentleman who is an expert in soil remediation, reclamation, an agriculture expert, and also homeopathic doctor. A uh, guy who has treated upwards of 19 to 20,000 patients, millions of acres of land he's treated. He's got numerous products on the market to help agriculture folks, garden folks, lawn and garden, whatever whatever it is you need to fix with your soil, your animals, and yourself, this man can do it. Dr. Will Spencer, we want to welcome you to the show. Hey, all right. Thanks for uh, asking me to be on. Yeah, and so... You know, I've gotten to know you a little bit through phone calls and, and listening to your level of expertise and knowledge and something that, you know, I've, I've in an uneducated way, just an observational way over all the years of, of being an athlete and a coach, observing what seems to make the human body tick way better than, than other human bodies and do things that, that humans are not able to do. And then eventually kind of getting through the the food nightmare that, that we're all dealing with in this country that's unique in the world and the, and then the soil, of course, that's been severely damaged across from coast to coast here. So we, we you know, for me, you know, I'd like to start at the soil and I'd like to, like to ask you some questions in terms of, you know, the products, the agriculture products that are being put into the soil and the situation that we've created uh, for ourselves here. That sounds good. So specifically more than anything else you know we're seeing petroleum-based fertilizers and you know synthetic herbicides pesticides fungicides just numerous products being dumped on our soil constantly and on, on our crops and you know the the micro microorganisms in our soil the billions and trillions of of you know i don't think even experts understand fully what we're dealing with here but you know what what has been done what percentage of our soil is you know, severely damaged at this point. Um, how long is it going to take to fix? You know, there's a lot of questions there. So, you know, kind of fill us in a little bit on on the situation that we're dealing with right now. Sure, there was a study done, um, a long-term study. I think it was like 1964, Ames, Iowa Research Station. Uh, they did an essay of uh, and weighed the amount of bacteria or microbes in the soil, in one acre of soil. You know, it was something like 2,200 pounds. And that was in... Yeah, the early 60s, 64, and then it was 2,000-something, four, five, six, something like that. They did the same thing again, and there was less than 100 pounds. And a lot of those were genetically modified. Uh, so that that uh, just that alone right there, if you just sit with that for uh, just a few seconds to a minute and really think about just that alone, that is the state we're in. It's really sad. And the state of Iowa, which I'm from, is is in your mind probably you think one of the worst in the in the nation. No. Oh. No. Where where are we no. dealing with? 
where where else are we dealing with some severely damaged soil? Of course, you know the Texas, the Arizona, Every, everywhere like there's the conventional agriculture. Uh, right. Like I come from northern Minnesota. My dad went from a small farm, 380 acres or so, um, that was uh, having diversity. He had he had pigs. Uh, did some sheep um, and he had crops, but he rotated and green manure and all that. And then he went from that little farm to over you know, 3,000 acres in the 70s. And uh, they're still farming the same way, but potatoes, corn, and beans uh, rotation uh, as from the 70s. So we have what, 50 years? of the same farming basically they're farming hydroponically because it's just blow sand uh in the anoka sand plain and if they don't put their nutrition on you know the fertilizer either on topically or in through the irrigation systems they don't have a crop and that's pretty customary that's every illinois idaho anywhere there's this big chemical chemical farming going on is the soil is toxic the soil is you know creating food that is only as healthy as the soil which is in in in, not good enough causing diseases and then the people consume it the animals consume it and now we have this food chain of sickness and disease i I mean without i guess without throwing them under the bus but i guess i don't know how comfortable we feel with it what companies are we talking about your cargills your archer daniels midland of the world who are we talking about that's largely responsible for a lot of this all of your university consultants um, in all of the ag, uh, all of them, they're training the ag consultants. The ag consultants then are, you know, promoting the use of Helena and C. Begigan and Bayer Crop Science and, you know, the, the ADM and the name Cargill and so forth. Uh, it's the whole What's the word for that? There's the, the, the whole corporate, the whole exactly the whole USDA model hmm. is, is in and of itself a cancer. Did you say Bayer? Is that B A Y E R the German company? Yeah, Bayer Crop Science. Okay, I didn't know if it was the same as the Bayer. Like anyway, it's so the it's, same, me- it's the same Bayer. Okay, See, that's yeah. what people don't get. This is what ties health human health into soil health because the the big guys they're all in this this they're they're all in the menage a trois together <laughs> right and we're going to get back to bear and and some of these other companies that were um very successful in the weimar republic in germany in the 30s and when disease and, and everything else was exploding amongst the the citizens but i want to go back to you know, just my childhood, you know, I'm in my 50s and spending summers down on, on family farms down in southern Iowa and noticing grandparents and, and a lot of relatives and a lot of other old farmers suddenly coming up, you know, with Parkinson's, which now they've they've divulged finally that the corporation that was creating uh, the product that the, the agriculture product that ultimately caused parkinson's they they had suppressed the science on all of that and you know we're, we're looking at so many so many i think i think it basically and you can get into this we don't want to go straight into human dna and health and all of that but all of these different synthetic chemicals and heavy metals that are existing in humans bodies whether they're drinking the water whether they're eating the food however they're getting it into their bodies it's going to manifest in different ways, different types of diseases, and many of those was Parkinson's or cancer or hormonal destruction. Are we correct in, in assuming that that's what's happening? 
hundred percent. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the thing is I, even as a little kid, I looked at these people and they were working with the chemicals and all of this. And there was something that just intuitively told me, okay, all of these people are being poisoned because something causes these, these health issues. Uh, and it's just something that I was curious about even, even in childhood, it was, it was crazy to go back to. And speaking of childhood and sickness, you grew up on the family farm. I'm assuming there were chemicals used and you had a childhood plagued with some, some health issues, correct? Oh, majorly. Uh, when they usually the summer flu for me started, uh, right when they started spraying the potatoes, uh, with, uh, pesticides, uh, and, uh, the roundup was later on, but it was the pesticides for killing the bugs, potato bugs. Uh, and then it was seven to 10 days. They sprayed that on through the whole growing cycle. And I basically had a pattern mimicking the spray pattern of the planes of flu. They, they call it the flu. I, I just remember being a young kid and being sick and, and like, why am I getting the flu in the summertime? <laughs> this makes no sense to me. Uh, but if you look at what flu really is, is the body getting rid of toxins, then you understand I, when my body was actually doing its thing, but I was very, I was not healthy as a kid, uh, not at all. And my dad had an airplane and a helicopter and sprayed chemicals, um, immensely. I mean, he, he bought into the whole, I was the kid in a passenger seat of the truck when my dad was talking to the university guys that came out and the ag consultants pushing all this. And, um, I mean, ultimately my dad ended up killing himself, uh, just from depression, he was overweight. He had all his own health problems, um, and um, it was uh, he basically lost the farm in the '80s um, to the corporation because it just he had to sell because he, the, in the '80s, if you didn't go bigger, you didn't you didn't make it. If you didn't buy in totally, and he didn't, he sold. And uh, my health, I didn't get healthy until uh, and realized there was a better health until I was 20. Until my Indian friend gave me a uh, Indian, mean of a Native American, gave me a glass of this stinky ass, horrible tea, uh, and said, "Here, drink this. Your asthma will just go away." And it did. Twenty minutes, it was gone. I took my first real breath of my life at that point um, after a glass of uh, wildcrafted herbal tea, and I haven't looked back ever since that point in time to uh, the natural. I gave up all. My pharmaceutical drugs, I just quit everything cold turkey at that point and just said, I'm done with that crap. You know, it's crazy, it's crazy the parallels between the pharmaceutical world, because they're technically the exact same thing, the agriculture world and the pharmaceutical world, you know, with, with what they're doing, just as, you know, you healed yourself and learned about these things and, and have, have, again, in your own words, have not looked back. And once that once that light bulb comes on, it never goes off again. And the same situation for me in my early twenties, but you know, it's the same thing as many parents who are the most adamant, um, you know, proponent or not proponents, but, but, uh, opponents of the vaccine world, you know, are people who are parents of vaccine injured children, right? It's, it's kind of the same thing, but even, even worse for those folks that have had their own children injured by these products. Oh, man, the vaccine, I can have hundreds and hundreds of stories of it's very clear you're holding a healthy child and you go get your vaccine and you come home in three to five or seven days and now you have 
a, a significant change and it's it's a horror story uh, of what we're living with the denial strategic implemented weaponized denial uh, of the system against just the vaccine damage well, yeah. not only just the weaponization of it, but like the complete lack of accountability. You can't sue these pharmaceutical companies for damaging yourself or your child. Right. Yeah, they uh, they strategically set it up that way. They stacked all the cards in their favor. So if we can't if we can't go after these folks, we can at least educate others to protect themselves. Um, number one, starting at the soil, I feel that. The war, you know, has been raging, as you mentioned, you know, at least since the 70s on our soil, the Green Revolution, all of that stuff that 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 happened um, to our universities. The same thing going back to, you know, Rockefeller hijacking the the medical world and and the medical schools, Harvard and, and what have you um, with synthetics. The same thing happened, you know, a little bit later on, obviously, to the agriculture world and the university education departments for for all of these different uh sciences so to speak um you know what when you go and test someone's soil someone asks you for help whether it's a farmer whether it's you know a large organization a state a county whatever it is when they ask you to come in and look you know tell us about that process say i'm a guy that owns ten thousand acres and i want you to fix my soil what's going to take place in in that process um first we're going to uh, we use some pretty. Let's start with. We use some pretty advanced technology. Um, it was actually created in 1924, <laughs> and uh, it's so cutting edge uh, for as in uh, laboratory analysis of things. So, wow. for the soil sample and a picture of the soil, we can pretty much monitor everything uh, to the down to the parts per trillion. We, we can monitor the life force and all of that. So we get that's our starting point. And then basically we have computer software that gives us a protocol to follow. Uh, we look at we, we, we work within the biodynamic uh, spray calendar, uh, which is the uh, uh, the moon phase calendar. Uh, we work within that because if you work with nature, then nature will work with you. Uh, and you can find the uh, biodynamic uh, calendars are online. There's several of them um, that we work with inside that uh, that that regiment uh, of that calendar because you want to work with nature uh, because working the corporate farms, the USDA model is to just like medicine again, it's to conquer and control nature. And you can see what basically you're warring on nature constantly. Uh, and nature is warring back at you constantly. And so when you work with nature and the energetics and, and the, the model of life as an organism, then the software is built to, you know, within that uh, dynamic so then we basically we're just feeding that soil what it needs because the soil has its own immune system the soil has its own just like looking at it, a gut it's literally so similar i mean in in england when you go to the bathroom and have a bowel movement they call it making soil hmm. it's it's that streamlined uh and so they don't say that much anymore but that's the way they used to talk well, don't Prior they say you, to you, Rockefeller. you you soiled yourself? That was kind of a common term when you shot yourself, wasn't it? Yeah, 
That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's these these uh, sayings have a reason. I mean, this is just you know farm boy knowledge, if you will, but it's real. Hmm. And they've been sanitizing these kinds of things out of our societies because they want to control and war against things. They meaning whoever they is, right? Not, of course, not the common man, right? Right. And so, so go, ahead. go ahead. Well, it all seems so obvious. Like the threat to humanity, if you will. They don't want you self-sufficient. They don't want you eating the best foods and crops. They feed us garbage to then enter us into the pharmaceutical world. It just, what is the third leading cause of death in the United States is under, you know, kind of allopathic or doctor's care. I mean, it's it seems right. very apparent. The threat seems very apparent. It does for those that can see through the Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. Because those glasses are pretty thick, and they really taint uh, the the mind of of especially the kids nowadays going through school, school from K to bachelors and, and masters and PhDs. I mean, that whole system right now for the last thirty years has been constructed to make happen what was happening today. Well, and then you throw in COVID. You know, how dare you question me? I have a white freaking coat and a stethoscope, man. Like, we're never wrong type thing. It just makes us <laughs> double down on these author supposed authority figures. Yeah, that's one of the planks in the manifesto, isn't it? Right. So the, the modern agriculture, I read this going through um, your Avironautics dot com website you know with all your products for agriculture and for animals and animal health as well you know uh reading a quote I, I can't remember who it was that said it something about modern agriculture is a strategy of managing symptoms if that doesn't sound familiar to the modern medical community hmm. um you know that it's literally like i said one and the same they are mirror images of each other in every way shape or form and and like you just said you know our gut biome um, with the destruction of the soil of the of the you know the microbes in our soil, the living organisms in our soil, so goes you know our gut health and human health you know not long after. Right, and what what nowadays we're in kind of a a really precarious place because we have now out in our environment in the in agriculture fields and, and just out inside of the you know out in the environment in the soils we now are picking up loads of modified organisms organisms that have been either force modified because of the chemicals or genetically modified in labs and then spread out there and now they are living in the soil on their own right now um, and so the soil is that out of balance that it will sustain that kind of life. And so when you like our products, we have well over a thousand strains of or of naturally occurring aboriginal organisms that have been collected from all over the planet, literally uh, in our in our products. And when you then put them on the soil, put them back in the soil, their food source is heavy metals, petrochemicals, they will compete, out-compete the genetically modified ones and kill them because that's their job. Natural organisms, that's their job. By nature, for millions of years or however you view life forever, they their job is to clean the environment, to feed the environment, to protect the environment, and that's what they do. And so when you put them back 
in, you feed them properly because most of the soil is severely malnutritioned and out of balance. So then we have food for the microbes, then we have the microbes, and then we have food for the plants and the microbes. So it's it's this looking at things holistically. It's just similar to looking at it as a whole organism like a person. You're, you have to you've got to put nutrition there you or fertility if you will you've got to get the the toxins out you have to remediate and you have to create a healthy environment for that plant to sustain the plant and you have to have organisms that will communicate with the plant and so that's what we have in our system is all of those components at this all at the same time and what I what what I draw in conclusion from that is just over all these years of observing Again, what works to create um, humans that can, again, do things that other humans could never even remotely dream of. Endurance, strength, just the ability to come back day after day after day for, for just horrendous amounts of abuse and uh, tests of endurance. That when we put the proper high-grade concentrated nutrients into people's bodies, the supplements that I'm talking about, um, that they will continue to just rebuild over and over and over again in it. And then when you talk about what you're saying with, with these literally these microbes created by God, these microorganisms created by whatever created this, this planet just simply have way more power than what these lab created organisms have. Well, sure. Because uh, that science, there's been so many studies uh, about that just that topic alone, that's why uh, this is my theory is you in the, this also goes back into genetic modification, which I did take some uh, some classes and bought many books about uh, how they're forced genetically modif forced modifying things genetically that that whatever that's modified is extremely weak and it's unnatural because nature the whole biosphere, if you look at the whole biosphere as an organism, it does not want these synthetic, unnatural, you know, modified things. So it will kill them. And this is why I learned this with potatoes, because my dad was a potato farmer. You, they are actually sterilizing the soil year-round. They have to toxify the soil year-round to raise potatoes in order to keep all the fungus and blight and bugs away there it's a continuous degradation and war on that soil uh, which doesn't work by the way and, and those potatoes are so unhealthy that when you put them in storage i've heard of entire warehouses these these potato sellers they're called that hold thousands of semi loads thousands and thousands of semi uh, bags of potato bag is 100 pounds in the and that they, they would rot in a matter of two to three weeks when they have a really bad blight outbreak and they can't stop that infection it will just take out literally liquefy an entire cellar of potatoes that is modified crap because nature this is what the this is what the blights and the pests are doing it's a signal that that's an unhealthy plant and so nature sends in the recycling crew, the the pests, the potato bugs, if you will, and the blights, the funguses, to finish, you know, getting rid of an unhealthy plant. This goes for any crop, because a healthy crop will give off its own natural repellents, where you don't even have to worry about it. All right. So if if you're growing 
with with all the natural inputs that you're talking about that are in your products to rehab soil, reclaim the soil, bring it back to life, create a, a true healthy living organism out of the soil, the plants are going to give off natural enzymes to inhibit bugs from wanting to eat them and, and fend off the fungi and all the other stuff that could damage them, correct? Yeah, it's not just, it's all different. There's hormones, there's all different kinds of chemistry that's being produced to protect the plant. The The plant is like, if you look at us as a, as a plant, we, the plant has an immune system, just like us. And it will, if it's healthy, it will fend off the intruder or the invader or the problem it can't so it's going to call in the recycling crew it's going to be calling the bugs in and the fungus in to uh, the bacteria in to break it down and this is why people can't you can't get healthy uh if you don't look at that body the same way because the body the human body is doing the same thing this is why people are getting these weird infections they're getting all this crazy stuff going on because they're unhealthy and so the body's like okay i'm unhealthy uh i'm dying just you know, recycle me. And so there's these crazy things going on and it's all the same. It's the same exact theory, people versus and plants and animals. It's the same in the honeybees. We've, we've figured this out. Same thing going on with honeybees. It's, it's the same problem unilaterally across the biosphere. So now tell me about when you talk about bees, I want to, I want to talk about bees. You know, they, they talk about mites. They talk about all kinds of issues for honeybees. The pesticides certainly are obviously killing massive amounts of, of not just not just bees. Uh, but, you know, natural remedies to keep mites, to keep their, you know, the bees' immune system, all these sorts of things. You know, th is this an area that you've delved into? Because I know I'll, I'll have folks that are uh, beekeepers listening to this, this episode. You know, is there um, some advice that you can give them on that? Yeah, I can give a little story, if you will, because uh, um, in, let's see, I've got a whole four-part pro, uh, four protocol for honeybees, and we've been making that for t over 10 years. Um, I had my my bees on my friend's farm, who was a, he was a fruit grower and a vegetable grower, so he had 10 acres of just massive flowers three seasons out of the year in minnesota okay you know so it was pristine and there was just wild hay all around uh around the there was nothing going on in the neighborhood so it was like wow just pristine well they put up some turkey barns across the road from there and then i noticed the that next year that I was having a little bit of decline and the, and we had more foul brood and there was some things going on in the hive that I never had to manage before. And that was when they put conventional Genio turkeys across the road, which are just absolutely chemical poultry uh, from one end to the other with just all kinds of stuff in those barns, as well as the antibiotics they feed and the, the, you know, just it's horrible. Well, then that went on for a couple of years, managing, learning how to manage the bacteria and the fungal problems. Uh, and then they, the land all around, somebody died and they sold all the land to a big farmer and they planted uh, roundup ready corn and beans in the whole neighborhood. So you had this pristine wildflowers and hay and all this and clover. Uh, that's all that was around to then, boom, suddenly everything went to corn and beans. And this was, oh boy, 2006, 2007-ish. Uh, then 
that next year they started they didn't put very good honey up that fall the next year i lost 12 hives wow never lost a hive before in my life that's a lot of bees that's what about 10,000 bees per hive or more uh there, there's like 60,000 in a big because my hives were usually five four or five boxes high okay um you know i had two full sets of two deep supers on the bottom for my brood chambers and i would usually have three four five you know honey supers on top because it was flowers it was flower heaven yeah. i mean i had they they were coming in you know carrying in uh, nectar three three seasons and then it was very clear to me because we went from the flowers, you know, the hay and, and whatnot, to uh, round Roundup Ready corn and beans. And right. I lost my hives. My mm-hmm. family lost. That was our honey. And then I sold a little at farmer's markets and I bartered with some. And But that was, you know, that, it came to an end. And so just like getting your kid vaccinated – and then you you all of a sudden have uh, either a dead child or a severely damaged child. It was that clear to me. And so with doing what I you know doing learning what I've done and and then applying it to same principles from the human body to the beehive to the soils, it's the same thing going on. You, these mites, this foul brood, this uh, Varroa thing, the, all these things, this, uh, the uh, colony collapse disorder is just describing what's going on. Your calling, your your colony is collapsing, and they name it a disorder. Uh, but they, no one ever finds academia is like can't see the forest for the trees because it's really simple. They were bringing home toxins, and they toxify their home, and eventually. They have to, you know, as they're dying off, they just leave because the queen's like, oh, man, you guys are dumb bringing all this pesticides in here. Now we can't live here. We got to leave. So they just up and leave. They poison their own home by bringing bringing the the pollen and the nectar back in. They've wrecked their own home. Right. Now, let me ask you, in terms of the microbial treatments uh, to fend off, you know, mites and things like that, there's conventional, which I've I've actually used – and the vapors, it's like a taffy that you put on top. You know, you open, you take the roof off and, and slap it on top. And the vapors from opening that alone scorched my sinuses and my eyes. And I thought, this this, this has to be wrong. There, there's something seriously wrong with this. Um, maybe you can give a little insight into that. It's 100% wrong. I mean, the, the, the poor bees got to live inside. So basically, they're doing chemotherapy on the hive. That's really what they, those chemical strips and so forth. I've used them. I mean, I, I've been, I tried them, uh, and then I'm like, just, just ain't working. So the thing that you got to really get is the bees are living in, a, in not only in a toxic environment in the hive, but they're living in a toxic. They're collecting. They're working in a toxic environment. Sure. So yeah, you, they're, they're, it's just collectively coming back and being concentrated in because that's what they're doing is they're collecting the necker they're concentrating it into honey right and so and so and the pesticides the chemicals the malnutrition comes with it it can't help but not come with it and the idea right. that those pesticides do not transfer into in, into the nectar of the pollen is absolutely retarded yeah like that's just that that that's lie 
when you can trace the pheromones, you can trace the minerals, you can trace all the electrolysis going on. It's all the same. It's all throughout the plant, just like our body. And you, th those things transfer. You know, it's just like how how SV40 has transfers from the, the those I took the sugar cube. Now four and five generations on, we're tracking that. We're tracking the SV40 bioweapon all the way through five generations of people right now. So it's the same thing going on in the hive. That's that junk is being sprayed. The toxins are being sprayed on the plants. That's coming down in the air from whatever these these chemtrails and all this stuff. The air is, you know, it comes down onto the plant. That rains down. The plant uptakes all this stuff, and it tries to get rid of it, and it stores it or whatever it does with it, and then the bees collect that. Now I want to get clarification from you. Now switching from bees, this is super important. Uh, so we see, you know, number one, when a plant uptakes uh, heavy metals, for instance, and bonds them with carbon, that's generally how heavy metals become organic forms of metal, correct? In the plant? Yes, yes. So when they become, you know, when, when plants uptake metals out of the soil and bond them with carbon, that and then the plants decompose, that's how you get organic forms of metal, correct? Yeah, I mean that's one way. The uh the plant is uptaking the metals because the plant is trying to use the metal because as an as a food because most of the soil is, de is deficient, so it's going to grab whatever it can to fill a need just right. like in our body. And overall the, you know, in terms of say overall the thousands of years for instance, um just the the accumulation of organic matter is going to have organic forms of metal, carbon bonded, you know, whatever nutrients that, that we need. We need copper. We need certain certain metals in our body, but they're more beneficial when they're bonded with carbon. Obviously, they're not. a. Would that be a the difference between a heavy metal and a organic form? Nope, not no? necessarily. Okay. I mean, okay. that that is, yes, naturally. But then you have. The petrochemicals, you have sure. all these other things going on uh, as pollutants that would come into that to change that theory a little. Okay, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying there. And then, so before we switch over to human beings and what's going on in the world today, what we've witnessed of the three-plus years, you know, we've already talked about conventional farming and how detrimental that's been to our soil and, and plants and animals and humans and, and the whole the whole chain. But explain for people the difference between organic farming and biological farming, um, because I've talked to people who uh, mix the organic and conventional together, um, who are are somewhat skeptical in terms of biological farming, and I think I think it, there needs to be some clarification for people on that. In my view, organic just means less toxic. Uh, they're still using things that to manage the pests instead of bringing the nutrient quality up biological farming is taking the uh, taking the the soil uh, looking at it as a as a an organism uh, and then treating it as so um, so you're wanting a healthy soil so that soil can then have an immune system that works properly and in order to do that you're you're far beyond organic organic just really means less toxic it doesn't mean more nutrient dense because they're okay. still able to have things certified as organic and still have whatever it is, a certain percentage of, quote unquote, bad stuff in it, correct? Yeah, I'll give you a little example. So in 2015, we were down doing some uh, 
uh, citrus greening trials down in Florida. And my wife and I get out into the field. I'm like, and I hear this helicopter. I'm like really low. It's loud. It's just maybe, you know, a quarter mile away. It's, you know, like what in the world are y'all spraying? I thought this was organic. This ah. whole farm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's just the uh, the sprayer. They, uh, in the state of Florida, it's mandated that they spray all the irrigation ditches and ponds with this specific pesticide to keep this certain invasive weed species down because it is a problem. And I'm like, so let me get this right. You're pulling irrigation water out of that ditch, and you're certified organic, but yet they're spraying the pesticide on the irrigation ditch. And you're certified organic. I, did I just did I just get that right? He goes, well, in essence, yeah, that's that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So you really got to know these things if you're really wanting to be informed about things. But that's all hidden. I discovered that because I happened to be standing there and asking questions to the consultant uh, and the farmer about what was going on with this helicopter spraying these poisons. So when you talk about toxic or organic, like you said, I think that's a very good qualifying message. Or it just people people think organic is it's just less toxic. Is all you're saying? It's not completely free from toxins. It's just well, less sure. toxic. So you're you're yeah, still getting they're not, yeah. They're not doing any uh, any chemical essays on that stuff. They just uh, they have certain rules that you can't use certain things, but you can use certain things. But you don't have to look for nutrient density. You don't right. have to look for um, the uh, basically what's in the soil for toxicity. I mean, some of these persistent chemicals that they're spraying, they last, they have a half-life of 80 years. That's crazy. Well, or and longer. And government and politicians now are trying to widen that gap. I don't know what the number is, but they're trying to make it so you can still have more and more stuff in it and still be certified as organic. So it's just, it's it's really kind of a hustle, the whole or, or quote-unquote organic as far as what you're buying off the shelves because like we've talked about before on the show, it starts with the soil. If the soil is toxic, I mean, it's just going to be, yeah, it's it's next level, man. It's crazy. And that's why we're getting, I mean, we've uh, had a joint venture with the Native Health Matters. The Indians get this. Uh, they call it TEK, traditional eco- uh, yeah, traditional ecological knowledge. They've been farming this way forever. The government has even recognized them, and now the group that I'm uh, have a JV with, they recognize what we're doing as their knowledge in restoring the health. And so there's this huge movement that's taking place in the Midwest right now uh, through the Indians. Because they see what's going on, they don't want the chemicals. They don't. But then again, there's nothing really commercially viable out there in the space that we're in. To we can go get, we can do ten thousand acres. So basically, we've done what we've done is taken biodynamic agricultural inputs and made it commercially available in a large scale. So we've taken all the dogma religion out of it, and we've just got a fertility program in a process, a system, uh, to basically go back to that way of farming pre-Rockefeller, pre-industrialization. Hmm. 
the pristineness of it. So that's why we can get an 800% increase in uh, BRICS readings on our tomatoes. That's why we can get a 580% increase in yield and have six and seven cobs on a corn stock. Stuff like that is really unheard of. I don't talk a lot about that to most people because they can't even perceive a 10% increase in yield in a conventional setting, let alone 500 plus. Well, that's the thing is I... I've got a friend out in, and this is, you know, legit stuff that you're talking about because I had a conversation with a gentleman who created a, uh, he refitted his, his hydro seeder and goes out and does soil reclamation. And, you know, he's got these barley and, and wheat farmers sitting in the same room with him. And he says, I guarantee my work. He goes, I don't divulge, you know, what it is I'm doing exactly because mo- most people, number one, um, can't comprehend it it's it's a little tough for them from the agriculture world to comprehend how he's doing things but more than anything else that it some people actually get scared because it's just a little above you know their their level of, of even wanting to try and understand things but these guys were saying listen this guy has given us six times the yield um, and he does it every single year with what he's doing so this is this is legit stuff that that uh, you're talking about, Dr. Will, and I've heard several guys talking um, around the country that that specialize in in this the biological farming, and they're they're getting it done. They really are, and it's it's pretty amazing stuff. So, um, so now switching gears, you know, to the past three and a half years, I'm going to make that transition. Can I can I ask a couple questions real quick? Because I know it's all going to oh, yeah, it's go all going to lend itself to that conversation. Sure, go uh, ahead, Doctor Will. You you had mentioned in the beginning, you know, flu is basically uh, getting rid of toxins, and I don't know how comfortable you are opining on this subject, but I've, I had it brought to my attention, and I found it interesting in this world of quote unquote conspiracies, and uh, it's anyway the rabbit hole is deep. The world the the Spanish flu which began, I believe, in 1918, coincided with the end of World War One, which was 1918. So this person said to me, this wasn't some organic thing that happened. This was these soldiers coming home and their bodies were trying to get rid of the vaccines that were put in them during World War One, And when they came home back to Europe, et cetera, it, it spawned the Spanish flu, killing so many people. What are your thoughts on a vaccine tied to Spanish flu as opposed to whatever they said it claimed it was? Or the chemicals or whatever they brought back. Oh, absolutely. That was definitely part of it. The other part of that was we had an influx in electrical technology. And so you had you had the the EMF side of that. You had the the vaccine side of that. And then you had the same scenario as we witnessed here with uh, with the wearing of masks back then. So then you had a perpetru- uh, protruding, not protruding. You had a manifestation of everybody incubating this stuff ongoingly because they were they had masks on. Mm. Uh, all, a, so it's an so you have uh, it's an accumulative thing uh, of what you said and what what Pat said and then the addition to the technology increase was going on at the same time then coupled with the masks and the the wearing the mask was creating basically a bacterial pneumonia so to speak sure it was weakening your immune system so you were more susceptible to whatever uh, whatever was there 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wanted to get your opinion on that. And as we talk about who the they are, and we've brought up numerous times, you know, the Rockefellers. And when I think of Rockefellers, I think eugenics, quite frankly. And when we talk about that inextricable link between agriculture, the medical industry, pharmaceutical companies, you're talking about essentially eugenics, in my humble opinion. Give me your thoughts on if you think that's valid, if, if, if the they have a eugenicist tie to them, as we're going to get into the conversation we're about to get into with the vaccines, et cetera. What are your thoughts on the eugenic side of of what we're seeing like i said the threat is so plain plainly apparent and i think it's a very eugenicist agenda what are your thoughts definitely plays into the model uh what we're seeing it's part of it i think they're using the broken system in their favor strategically and i I believe that's all part of it it's all about control is now what eugenics is well, and you know, determine you know, you know the, the. I hate to use the wrong terms, but the, you know, the humans are just ex- unless you're of this ilk of this bloodline of sorts, you're you know expendable. Georgia Guidestones. I mean, they still need us around because, like you said, it's all about control. They don't want money anymore. They got all the money they want, but they want control, and they need to have people around to control. They don't want to kill all of us, but there's definitely I don't know. It, it seems like uh, there's a lot of expendable lives around here and we've seen it you know countless bullshit wars yep you know the, the, like i the, said the, uh, the fodder def- yes the fodder that drives the system right so enter enter the uh covid 19 issue three three plus years ago and jeff and i were calling this immediately saying you know we were even talking about it was that it was coming. Um, my my miscalculation in the whole thing. I wrote a I wrote a book actually. I never printed it because I thought people would think I'd crazy. I was crazy, but it was over a decade ago, probably twelve thirteen years ago. I wrote a book called Operation Green Tip, and I thought that it was going to be a financial collapse first, and then they were going to force people to um, get certain injections and and all of that sort of stuff to become part of the new system. Um, but what we saw is, you know, using the Trojan horse of COVID-19 to print trillions upon trillions of dollars. And, and uh, you know, eventually we know what's coming with the financial system, monetary systems and everything else. So what their goal is anyway, um, that we're, we're dealing with, I don't know, it's, it, would you consider this in terms of an attack on human beings, a, a massive alteration in our DNA and the self-assembling uh, nanotechnology and everything else that they've put into human bodies is this i mean is this a a system of control where they can control people uh, remotely so to speak that's what the patents say that's what they're doing i mean so it's a uh, definitely it's i mean it's unfolding that's that's what's happening I mean, the simple answer. And then, and in the very beginning of this, um, it was very clear to me, and I said it numerous times, that they're going to speed up a treatment for this. They're going to hurry up. They're going to put it in everybody. That's going to be the, the real bioweapon. Um, and I said from then, moving forward as well, that the concentrated organic substances that I knew of, at least, I'm not, I'm not a doctor but all, all of the things that I've researched and used over my life and with different athletes, that they would have the chelation ability to remove these things from the body. And, and obviously, 
Um, you're a guy who has been at this for many, many years, correcting human DNA and you know a lot of other a lot of other organisms. But your your ability to combine products, we we do have, um, you know, substances that have the ability to to not only remove these um, these injections from the cells, this technology and all this other stuff from the cells, but to correct people's DNA. Yes, that's the whole thing with this uh, the the bioweapon that they're uh, injecting into people and that's being shed around now is they 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 meaning the pharmaceutical industry, the bad guys, if you will, they've known that there's natural things that will remedy this for the most part. So they've strategically made it very, very hard for their technology to be released from the cells. So you may be able to get the spike proteins. Uh, to easily leave, but there's the other aspect of the technology side of this that's bound into the cellular receptors that won't let go very easy. That is the the trick in my book. So to get it, you got to get the technology out in order for you to really to have your, if you will, your your health sovereignty back. Well, and if you can, please, because I Pat sent me an interview that you had did, and it was just you know I'm trying to cut the grass, and I'm listening to this, and my mind is just being blown. What is this technology? Because for throughout the years, of course, there's so much information, disinformation, whatever misinformation about 5G and the role and all this other stuff. But you explained it in a way that just it just made sense to me. What is the technology you're referring to as it relates to what's in the vaccine? It's the same exact technology that we're talking about that remediates the soil, uh, that reverses genetic modification, that gets the metals, the petrochemicals, the uh, the GMOs, if you will, out, out of the soil or the body. It's the same thing because uh, I wrote a – I don't remember where that was published anymore about natural chelation. So your body – it's a everything has a yin and a yang, if you will, an in and an out and up and a down, right? We're, we're we've got this bipolar thing going on, uh, and so chelation. Our bodies are natural chelators. We just clean naturally when we can, if if we have the right tools. So we're bringing food or we're taking food in. Chelation is the garbage out, and so what people don't understand is they can't chelate very well because they can't digest very well mm. because the things don't work right. And so if you can't take stuff in, you can't take stuff out. So in that regard, it's when you understand that and then you understand the the cellular receptor part of things, which gets into some pretty heavy science, if you will. But you're, the body does not want this junk, if you will, the, this petrochemicals, these foreign things, the, these metals. But because people in general are in such a uh, malnutrition state, the body in its wanting to live and survive will actually draw in the chemicals and the nanoparticulates and the these these other things, these vaccine residue that they inject into people, the bioweapons, and actually you know hold on to them because you don't have the proper nutrition coming in so when you put the you put the proper nutrition in if you will the elements in and you put the other bioremediation practices in play to get the metals and get these things to help encourage and clean the cellular receptors the body will freely just give the crap up and take on the good stuff if the system is functioning properly 
Right. And like Pat was saying in the beginning, you know, everyone's inflammation develops and turns into something different for all of us. But you know, things like the movie, and I don't know if you've seen it, and I, the movie, the documentary died suddenly. Apparently this proliferation of blood clots, which equates to stroke. Me personally, I've known it just in there's whatever, almost 8 billion people on the planet within the last two years, that stroke shit has touched me more than once. And it's just completely abnormal. But when I see things like died suddenly, I'm like, all right, so this isn't just happening in a vacuum. This is the proliferation of this bioweapon. And if I'm understanding it correctly, those kind of clots is the body trying to get this shit out. Oh, well, kind of. I mean, the blood clots come from a few different avenues, but yes, in general, the yes, but Okay, help me out. Help you know, me that, out. that goes into a really long, deep, uh, <laughs> I'm not prepared for a conversation. But um, so the bioweapon, there's a couple things going on. You've got the toxic effect, uh, you know, the acids, the metals, and so forth, that plus the graphene and, and the shards and that stuff, you know, you, those things can lead to blood clots. Uh, but you have the technology side of it actually causing the blood clots to then use the blood clots to create the hardware to then link this other system, hardware system of communication into the body. So if you make it through the initial uh, onslaught or in the first few phases of the uh, of the injections, if you will, the downloading or inloading of or uploading, however you want to look, you know, the, the installing of the components to then the components to be built. I mean, they're, they're linking, they're, they're destroying humanity, turning them into the, you know, these cyborg slave units, the ones that make it through this. And is this where, I mean, this is what blew my mind. I'd heard this before, but again, you articulated it in such a way. I'm like, Oh my God, there's you're, you're this hardware is being downloaded and people are being able to track certain IP addresses or certain, I don't know if that's the correct term, IP addresses on these individuals even after they've died in, in the grave? Like they're called MAC addresses? MAC addresses, uh, yes, yes. So they're they're creating, a, they're they're giving off a Wi-Fi signal of some kind that says, hey, I'm ready to receive or, or to broadcast uh, and uh, on into the grave for people that have died over a year. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Now, fact checkers have proved that completely wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? <laughs> those you know, those sadly. correct fact checkers. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's complete lunacy. Now, so real quick, I wanted to talk about lipids and, and liposomal delivery systems because I learned about those many years ago through a scientist I was put in touch with who wanted to lengthen the telomeres on the end of my DNA. They wanted to do experiments on me. And he he had asked me what's you know what supplements I was using, and I explained one using a liposomal delivery system that were they were bioengineered to go to the receptors of my pituitary with an amino acid blend, bypassing the digestive system uh, to raise uh, growth natural growth hormone production, and th the product actually worked. It really did. My mother's hair went from white to black and white. She started literally um, you could see it. Um, you know, people that I knew, their eyeglass um, prescriptions were were going in reverse. Uh, my my body, which was beat up at the time many many years ago, started to improve pretty pretty dramatically. And so, while on the phone with him, you know, he informed me that he had received a Nobel Prize for for creating 
uh, liposomal delivery systems and lipids, and then explained how they could be bioengineered to go to specific organs and all of that. Fast forward 2021, they're talking about lipids. Uh, they didn't talk about liposomal delivery systems, but I, I knew what, what was going on to a certain extent. And saying to myself, okay, what is lying dormant, number one, um, in these lipids that are still inside of people? We know that some have obviously opened. We've seen a lot of uh, health issues. We've seen a lot of um, deaths. But there are, from my understanding, there are lipids that are lying dormant waiting to open. And they're talking about some pretty horrendous stuff that's that's lying dormant within those lipids. You're talking about the the how the the body holds on to the toxins you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the 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 lipids um, that the food the on the food side on the well, no, on the on the the liposomal delivery system that acts like they act like red blood cells are they're you know, spheres that, that can hold and deliver, you know, for instance, the, the scientist that, that explained his invention of lipids and liposomal delivery systems was say, for instance, someone had liver cancer and you could, they could not undergo uh, entire body chemo or they would die. They were just too weak. So they would create a sublingual spray that could go into the bloodstream and those lipids would carry the chemo throughout the system and only deliver it to the receptors of the liver and treat only the liver basically with the chemo. Um, and, and so these lipids have been programmed, bioengineered to go to, you know, obviously we're seeing uh, heart issues, we're seeing brain cancers explode, we're seeing reproductive issues, you know, all these different issues. So these lipids have been bioengineered obviously to go to these, these parts of the body, but there are other lipids that are holding um, substances from what I'm told that are still lying dormant that have not opened. And that's what I'm concerned about of what, what lies ahead for these people and us, frankly. Yeah. I'm uh, I don't have a whole lot of good, in, uh, a good Intel on that as in, I don't have any good news. If you're not doing anything aggressively like what we're doing to feed that body, to get that junk out, it's going to persist and it's going to cause problems because it's designed that way. Right, right. The body's holding on to the toxins because the body doesn't have the ability to let it go. You know, whether they were put there strategically uh, or unknowingly through food or air or water, the body's holding on to this stuff. And that's how it holds on to it is in that form in the fat form and cellular, you know, in the cellular structure of our body because it can't either the detox pathways are blocked or the body's just not going to let, just can't let it go for some right. reason. So and now so that that's a simple part of you replenish the nutritional content of the body for one. And then we use, you know, natural remediation practices like we would out in the environment or in a beehive or whatever inside the body. It's the same thing. In, in essence, and the body just, the body wants to be well, just like the plant wants to be well. It can't be well because it doesn't have the, nutri it doesn't have the ability to be well and things aren't working right. Yeah. And so having a conversation at the beginning of all of this, when they came out with the treatments, a friend of mine who's a, uh, in the pharmaceutical side of the hog industry in the Midwest here. And I said, listen, it, it's 100% I'm correct in saying that, you know, hogs when vaccinated are going to shed, you know, on other hogs, correct? And and pass this around. And he said 100%, 100%. Uh, 
So when we talk about these treatments and the, the folks that have been injected with this technology, they're not just shedding the spike proteins. They're shedding potentially the nanotechnology, these self-assembling nanotech um, tiny just – you know, 100. I mean, that that's 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 being shed as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the people that did not get the injections are having the nanotech installed in them as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's designed that way because the pharmaceutical company. Because I have I have no people inside the pharmaceutical industry. They know the bulk the bulk of hu the bulk of humanity is not going to take the bioweapon willingly, uh, and so they've created that to be easily remedied by you know will will inject the stupid people uh, and then they will they will then shed through another generation of toxicity out to those that did not or will not uh, be vaccinated so it, that's that's the plan i mean it, that is the plan is this one of those you know i forget the term you know quiet weapons for silent warrants type thing because it's, it's one of the things it's hard to create the uh, correlation of causation, like, you know, people got injected, you know, three years ago and are still going to get injected. But what we're seeing as far as the the, the downsides of shedding, is that one of those like soft weapons, which like takes place over years? It's not something that manifests right away. That's why we're not necessarily, well, we're seeing it to some degree, but we're not seeing it in a, whatever, mass way. As far as yeah, people being ill affected by the shedding. That's, well, that's what's happening kind of broke up there so i maybe missed a couple parts of what you were oh trying i'm sorry to i'm sorry no that's right i was just wondering you know is this is it something that with the shedding that's taking place it's not something that's going to happen overnight it takes place over a lengthy period of time sure absolutely it's it means really sick people get affected by it really easily really people that are really their immune systems are already having problems i mean we get calls often uh from people like hey you know what i am not vaccinated and, and i don't really go around them but i went to this event and i was there for three hours and then came home and i have been sick uh for the last three weeks and it all stemmed from that event where i was at when there was vaccinated people at is that why in the initial stages of this we heard so much about women's menstrual cycles and was that a part of the shedding oh my god that that is the absolute horrible stories that we've been hearing about that. I mean, exactly. We're, women are a little more sensitive because this is these are endocrine system disruptors, and uh, uh, females, women's, uh, those that uh, are born that way, not just uh, you know identify that way, uh, they are more hormonally sensitive, and so they. That was supposed to be funny. You guys were supposed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, um, the. We've heard horror stories. People, I, I've got g gals right now, literally, that called yesterday that uh, they're menstruating. Their monthly cycle that used to be six days is now three weeks. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, absolute hemorrhaging vaginally for three weeks. Just crazy stories, throwing clots. We've had numerous, numerous girls that were eight, seven, eight months of long pregnancy. They've lost stillborn. They lost their baby just because they are going to work and the vaccinated people at work. Okay. We've got, you know, we've, had, we've had a mother, actually two, two mothers gave birth and then went back to work. This, okay. And within a month, they, these, these were, 
these were girls that were uh, breastfeeding their children. Their children died a month after going to work and breastfeeding their baby, and the baby dies. Jesus. That's the reality I get to hear uh, when people call. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because I've got a family member who's good friends with a female homeopathic doctor. She's homeopathic now. She used to be on the board with the FDA of all things and recognized, you know, the horror stories that were going on with that. Jumped ship from that and became a homeopath. And I think it was 16 of the 17 girls in a Facebook group that she was treating um, ladies. Um, all had miscarriages. 16 of the 17 had miscarriages because they they dealt with the injections and things like that from work. And uh, literally almost every one of them lost their babies. Yeah. But a and question. So that, that is a that is a exhibit of a, a demonstration of sheer survival for the for an organism. There's no way that body will let that baby go unless it's in pure survival. Like it can't like something happened to the baby or my environment is being extremely uh, toxic, poisoned, and, and like the tiger is coming after you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the only way that that will ever happen. But yeah. even so if even that if that is an indicator, even if the baby does make it through the full gestation process, they still is it been passed on if the mom got or mom or dad prior to consent i mean i don't know is it passed oh, on 100 yeah, okay because the, fetus, the fetus is a detox pathway that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah the, totally i mean the first two babies that are born usually if they're going to have more babies the first two are the ones that get most of mom's junk that she's going to clean her body out and give to those to those mm. two babies that's just we see that i mean that's just that's so obvious from our experience over the last 20 years that just that's just the way it is it's just a pattern unmistakable pattern what about? Oh, yeah. so I hear... I'll give you a personal example yeah, on that go before, it. if you don't, if you don't mind the time. No, go mind. for it, brother. Go for it. Okay, so my wife uh, took the sugar cube uh, in the '60s uh, with the polio, and it was tainted with the SV40. That's a simian monkey virus, as well as the uh, what do you call it? The uh, HPV, human papillomavirus. Her first child was born with papillomavirus in her throat and had 52 surgeries to remove that papillona before she was three years old. Oh, my God. Okay, now I have tracked HPV and SV40 through every one of her six kids, and all 15 grandkids have it. Wow. So not only is it passing through the fetus, but the employees <clears throat> are passing it on through the sperm. They've been altering our DNA for how many decades now? I would say it's it's a long time. I'm talking in the 1800s, easy. It's wow. it's incredible because, and we still see, and this these are the people that I talk about, Doc. You know, the, I've been lucky enough to be around, you know, world class wrestlers who are incredibly powerful, uh, power lifters who walk around with a thousand pounds on their shoulders, uh, guys in their 50s who can run a hundred miles, and their face a hundred miles without. We're talking in one day uh, through the Colorado Rockies in high altitude, and their facial expressions don't even change. You know, this, this, these are these are superhumans. They're literally X Men, yeah, no doubt. And and I truly believe that these are the people, the unique people, whose DNA has not been altered as much as others, and that they are just they're they're literally perfect examples of living, breathing X Men, walking amongst us. And I I 
I really truly believe that the destiny of mankind is everybody should be at that level. That's the way humans all should be, correct? We could be, yeah. The, the issue then, if you're looking at the genetic side of that, is if you've taken a pharmaceutical drug that's patented, then this has been before the 90s because uh, my uh, neighbor on my farm in Minnesota was a nurse, and she really let me know because she used to have to do all this weird reporting uh, in her nursing job. And she was telling me that the the corporations, when corporations were just really taking swing into the medical system, that the doctor or the corporation that the doctors work for actually they track this is why diagnosing is so important and the amount of drugs because if the hospital or the corporation can prove that they've changed your genetic structure then they can patent that whole thing and turn it into a securities and make more money for the corporation just like they do with mortgages and so really this is what's happening uh, roll you know layered on top especially with this latest round of so-called vaccines they've basically taken your identity away from you that way genetically because they anyone that's taken that shot you're you're really you're altered majorly and again that's that goes into the uh, the corporate straw man your medical straw man and how they're controlling all it's all about the dollar and this fictitious monetary system we live in so they my concern is genetic integrity that's been my focus for a long time and because we can monitor gene expression, we can know what's there uh, with our lab. And so that's why I can say comfortably that you know we're reversing genetic modification because we see it. And to bring back that genetic integrity, my concern is a lot of this technology with pharmaceuticals in whatever capacity, they – mess with the genes enough and so i'm my concern is always if you've got this superhuman strength and this this like you say this x-men type of thing then you're wanting to really keep your the genetic purity there because you 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 want you want to keep that integrity that you have and pass that on right sure that's where I've been all, and we monitor that, and we're all about that as well, just like you are. So it's to keep that passing on, and that's what the system or the man does not want. Does not want that because then you don't need the system. Because right, right, and it's 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 the thing is they don't want us at a high conscious level, a high intelligence level, you know, i.e., fluoride in the water, you know, byproduct chemicals from aluminum production. Uh, you know, the, it's it's insanity, but they certainly don't want us powerful physically either. Right. Uh, able to yeah. able to defend ourselves, you know, and it was just exactly at, at one point in my I guess in my prime, I was walking through a mall and I realized that there was I I literally felt like uh, that 100 people in that mall could attack me all at once and they couldn't do anything to me. And they literally couldn't. That's how weak humans have become. Um, when I look around now, fast forward, you know, 20 some years from the time when I was a world champion, humans, human health. I mean, I look around me yesterday, we were at a grocery store and literally 90 percent, at least 90 percent of the people that were in that store and outside in the parking lot have become deformed. They're they're either super obese, their their structure is destroyed, their mental health is destroyed, their awareness, their consciousness that humans have literally become just walking drones, just destroyed wrecks of, of civilization. And it's incredible to, to witness. And it's very sad. It's, it's actually heartbreaking for me to witness. 
All by design. Meat right. golems, dude. Meat golems. Just mindless yeah. air sucking meat golems, dude. I have I want to ask you before we let you slide. I mean, I I mean I'm here as long as you want to be here, Patrick. Hopefully you got time too. Have you heard about the different are, are there different batches of the vax that are floating around? Some people say you got the placebo, you got the Moderna, and they say that that's owned by DARPA, Johnson and Johnson, like the different variations of this vaccine. Are there different batches floating around, and we're all just some big control control group so they can just see how it's affecting each person differently, each batch? Yeah, that's what uh, I've been told. Mm-hmm. Next level, dude. Yeah, and and that's the thing is when. When I did research and I dug into, you know, the USTPO.gov site on trademarks and patents, and I dug into the patents on the vaccines going all the way back to smallpox and, you know, all the other stuff that was going on back in those days, um, that you could see the ingredients in the vaccine um, that hinted that the next pandemic was in those vaccines. Am I, am I on the right track here? Yeah, because they're they're already turn they're already whipping that up right now. Uh, there's already three cases of uh, dengue fever, and some Marburg showing up uh, in hospitals because some of the nurses I work with are witnessing it. So they're already whipping it up. It's between now and July. Now the next three four weeks is when the next round, according to Todd Calendar, is going to be really the next pandemic is coming. They're building it right now. Yeah, and that's that, the thing that, that I've said that the the Marburg. This is what I was alluding to earlier with what was lying dormant in the lipids in people's bodies from the injections was the, the Marburg virus, the 1P36 gene deletion, the brewer's yeast, and some of the other, some well, of the other not, stuff not that's in there potentially. It, it's, it's, uh, a more, uh, it's more insidious than that because they have the, the, uh, the hydrogel and the, uh, the other components, the mRNA. So if you take the hydrogel and the mRNA, and then you take a certain frequency, you can just bombard the body with Marburg frequency and it'll develop. You can do it with a lot of different organisms uh, and because in the 1990s, they took a, a hermetically sealed solid glass, I mean, a, a, a hollow glass vial with nothing but just pure silica in it. The air was sterile, everything, the silica was sterile. They beamed E. coli, E. coli, uh, frequency into it with a laser and it started to grow wow see this okay, is that was 30 okay. years ago I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another part of everything we've heard about the convolution of this kind of conversation the 5g aspect of it but some of you just brought up dr buttar the very late dr buttar if i'm pronouncing his name right he passed away very suddenly and was a huge advocate of not messing with this vaccine etc he talked about um, basically that a certain frequency in ELF, a 5G, some type of frequency releasing almost kind of going back to what Pat is talking about, r- releasing this hardware that you've alluded to something about the 5G that could release it. What are your thoughts on 5G's role in this? Or when I mean, you kind of, it's alluded to, there's a, a certain frequency that can release this stuff. Is that a 5G a part of this in any way? That's a, that's the, uh, the one part of the system. I mean, they can do it on your phone. Now they can do it on anything that can give off a frequency, your televisions, your refrigerators, your car, they, the, the phone, they beam it through the air. So they just bombard that. It's, it's epigenetics is all it is. You're, you're sending, this is like a reverse rife, if you will, or a reverse homeopathy. They're sending frequencies out 
to create the cancers and to create the infections and whatnot. You can, you're just bombarding the air with them. And so it's really that simple. It's just, like I said, it's like a reverse rife technology, if you will. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, epigenetics because, you know, I was going to ask you about Dr. Bruce Lipton, his book, you know, the biology belief, you know, it's not just your environment, but how your thoughts of the environment. So you, you definitely believe there is an epigenetical kind of uh, stuff going on with everything that's happening. Totally is. I mean, what's epigenetic? It's just stuff coming in, information. They're, they're broadcasting information all the time because I forget the day. I think Obama took uh, and reversed some uh, some law like they had placed back in the 40s, I believe, where about subliminal messaging. They had, there was a law in place for the longest time, and I think it was Obama that repealed that. So now they can, they can bombard us with their frequencies freely now uh, because – Basically, if you're a U.S. citizen, they own you. Well, and that's so a part of they the, can do that. the National Defense Authorization Act where they make propaganda legal, et cetera, kind of what you were alluding to. Same thing, yeah. But yeah, what you're talking about, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, epigenetics, it's, you know, it's epi meaning above genetics. And what, what he'd kind of ascertained through his study as a microbiologist is the genes are just kind of the, the blueprints of an architect on the table. It takes a contractor or somebody from outside to stimulate it to come in to make those genetics active. And that's kind of what... It sounds like what's happening with this mRNA technology, this hardware you're talking about, that could be easily influenced by ELF, 5G, HARP, or whatever people call it, external it's, frequencies. It's, uh, it's easily because that's the way nature is. It's designed that way. Our genes just are a response mechanism to the environment. So if you live in a emotionally sewage environment, you're malnutrition, and you have infections, you're going to have, like to say, the uh, MTHR gene expressed. So you change the environment, you clean it up, you start working on getting your, you know, getting your HPU condition to go away, your brain to calm down, uh, and you're cleaning up your food and in, in your intake. The the MTHR gene just goes away. I've watched it. Yeah, I've watched it. People coming to us, especially I had a nine-year-old girl with a hundred percent expression of the MTHR gene. She was exhibiting all the just about all the symptoms. Over nine months, we changed her diet. We got her on supplements. We were doing emotional work. We watched it go from a hundred percent expressed to eighty-seven percent expressed to forty-six to all the way to zero. You change the environment, the gene will express. Because the gene is a response mechanism. Interesting. You know, it's response to the environment. You change the environment, you, the gene will change. Scientifically you know, you proven, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. You get rid of the tapeworm, and, and, the, and the, the gene exchanges in your body. What is, and we can only speculate, and I don't know where your head goes with this. Pat and I have been doing this for 10 years, and we've been speculating. What is the end game Dr. Spencer, what are they doing? What is this? What is going to look like? You know, Elon Musk with the neural link, the Internet of Things, you know, all well, of if it. I have any say of it, it's not going to look like they want. Well, but what is their in? Yeah, we know what our end game is. What is their end game? Is this are we going for Judge Dredd, Minority Report, you know, you know, every, you know, future shock any any kind of scientific dystopian world? Is that where they're going to? Is that the end game, if you will? Well, uh, yeah, I just listened to uh, the World Economic Forum and their and their stuff. I mean, it coincides with, you know, what was I was told in the 80s. It's been the same program 
that I was introduced to, in, you know, in 78 and in the eighties, it's the same program. Just the actors have, you know, evolved generationally, but it's the same. Outgame. It's all about control. Yes. It's about getting, we got too many people on the planet. You know, it's the Georgia Guidestone things. It's the, yeah. it's just the same, whatever. It's the same, same thing. They got diff, different names and views of it. And it goes back to the eugenics model I was talking about a little earlier. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and before we let you slide, I thought this was very fascinating. And I didn't really, and I've heard about this, the demand for unvaxxed blood. Now, does that mean unvaxxed COVID vax? Because a lot of people are still vaxxed and a lot of this hardware still could be in, you know, as we know, the schedule of vaccines is now up to 70, 60. So your Center for Unvaxxed Blood, what is the criteria for being unvaxxed blood? And talk to us about that demand that's growing for. The demand is huge. You've heard of Radius Health Exchange? Yes. Uh, I'm one of the founders of that. And that is our goal we're actually having a meeting tonight uh later on about um making sure the uh, purity because you can pick the stuff up by shedding it's you know that that's how how pure do you want it you know i mean my wife had a uh, surgery in january and uh the university where we did the the surgery took place they they don't classify unvaccinated blood from vaccinated. They don't. They don't make a difference. They, de- they don't designate a difference. So we did. We've actually had a friend who went on our products for several months because we were prepping for this, um, and so we got extremely good blood, <laughs> you know, because she was on our products and everything for a good month um, before she gave blood for my wife. Because we got blood after we got out of the hospital, because the hospital wouldn't allow it. Good old, ho- good old hospitals. They build. That's something that I've always and recently really been keying in on. Why are hospitals the biggest buildings in every town and city? Literally, <laughs> it's madness. It's absolute madness. Because there's yeah, so many sick so, people. We're all sick. Because there is. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great business model, though, if you think about it. It's fantastic. Technically, yeah. technically, the number one GDP in our country at four trillion dollars a year. You're right. Healthcare, lovely. So let's let's get down to business here because I want people to be able to find you. Your uh, radiushealthexchange.com.com is that correct? That that's the dot uh, com for the blood exchange. Yeah, that's the blood exchange as well as there's practitioners on there as well. It's a uh, alternative looking for practitioners that are not totally engrossed in the AMA. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, PatientAdvocateBulldog.com. Uh, that's where we're helping people get out of hospitals, and there's a whole product line there uh, of yeah. different things for at-home at home care. Yeah, right? and I've, I've recently been contacted by the family of – I can just say that he's a he's – a, well-known name in the world soccer scene and he's having all kinds of health problems. And so I've, I've steered him toward the patient advocate bulldog site, number one, uh, to get your products there to, uh, to change that situation. But, uh, and then, so the patient advocate bulldog is where people can go if they've, they've suffering from health issues, uh, want to clean, want to clean their body out, clean their cells out, all of that good stuff. And then we, Go to uh, the amazing products at environotics.com if you want to spell that out real quick. Uh, yeah, environotics. Yep, E N V I R O N O T I C S dot com. We've also our other partnership, which is uh, in the uh, in the Indian country, is uh, American Indian Microbes dot com. 
Okay, All of these means. links will be in the description of the video, ladies and gentlemen, so don't fret. Fantastic. Right. And so, Doc Will, we want to thank you very much for, for joining us today. This is, I, I think, uh, you know, Jeffrey and I have talked to some some folks that were heavy hitters uh, from G. Edward Griffin to Peter Schiff, you know, in the economics world and, and a lot of other areas, special forces force uh, folks, military intelligence. We've talked to a lot of people over the past decade, and I, I want to tell you that this is truly one of the more impactful, if not the most impactful, uh, you know, interviews that we've done. And I'm sure Jeffrey feels the same way. No, without a doubt. I mean, this is, you know, this is this some of the craziest times, you know, I hate to quantify it. You know, it's we all live through crazy times, but this is this is the crazy stuff we're dealing with. And the, the threat is so next level. And um, I, I thank you for bringing, you know, bringing light to how deep the rabbit hole goes. Cause I know it's, it's very scary for people to even kind of entertain how bad and how crazy this is, but well, it is, that's part of the Stockholm syndrome. Thing well, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up. Really? Early. Yes, it is. It is. So thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah. Right, so thank yeah, you so, guys for having me on. I d- deeply appreciate it. And I'm uh, humbled. Thank you. Appreciate it. And so, this is Pat Militich signing off for my broadcast partner, Jeffrey Wilson. And thank you again, Dr. Will Spencer, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, guys.